Hey there, welcome to Matamo, a podcast where we explore with you and our guests travel topics that push the boundaries in celebration of the human experience. I'm your co-host, Bob Spurl, with Greg Traverso in Stockton. And Greg, today we're picking up uh, where we left off with two two travelers who motorcycled across across uh, across Africa. And so, um, Nathan and Ryan, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thank you. Yep, really and great so to have you guys back. If I recall, we last picked up, you guys were... Uh, you just crossed the border of Sudan into Ethiopia, and now you're actually going to be heading to to Kenya, right? That's the next stop. Well, actually, we kind of did a um, we, we did a little leg where we went off a different direction. When we were in Addis Ababa, a lot of our traveling kind of centered around just talking to people. And uh, Ryan and I had a pretty good system for this. We kind of separate off on our own chat up a bunch of people kind of come together and see what kind of information we, we took. And we, we ended up taking an interest in going to the Somali coast. Okay. So, so we split off and, uh, and headed out East and uh, went to Ergesa and Berbera on the coast, the, uh, the Northern Somali coast of Somaliland. Oh, and, uh, okay. Spent a little time out there. Yeah. Cool. Before we came I mean, back, guys, and decided to go. You guys are adventurous, man. I mean, really, like the places you've been through the Sudan during a civil war, you, you know, across Ethiopia, which is no cakewalk, you know, massive country, and into Somalia. So you're getting word on the street. I mean, you're really doing the human, you know, basically intel. I mean, you're just gathering information through people, which is the, always the best way to get a read. And you're hearing that okay, it's safe to go into Somalia. You guys will be fine. Or what are they saying to you? What, well, yeah, I don't know if that was exactly really. what we got. <laughs> <laughs> I think to quote, to quote a guy right near the border, like a Westerner, like screaming at me while I'm eating my breakfast. I forget what type of breakfast, but just like, you're an idiot. You're going to die. I mean, what? Um, so what was that? <laughs> you were, you were not that breakfast. I think I told you, I talked to this guy who told us we shouldn't go. I probably didn't give you the expletives that, cause yeah, I, that's all right. <laughs> at, that, at that point we were already committed. Um, we but yeah, I mean, don't need all that negativity. You know, you know, one of the earliest travel tips someone gave me is that it's just such a valuable one for anybody who wants to learn to travel. Um, not that we don't screw up all the time as well, but you know, if you approach someone in any country, anywhere in the world, if you approach them and ask for help or a question, you got, I would say over a 90% chance you'll be okay. They're just a normal person. It's you always got to watch out for people that bump into you or they would, you know, Oh, do you need help? You know, cause mm-hmm. you're looking at a map or something. So that's one system that, if someone approaches me, it's uh, generally an automatic no. Um, but if you approach someone, they're probably just, you know, Mike off the street, right? Like some lady who sells tamales or something, right? You don't have much to worry about. Hmm. That's that's yeah. very wise, actually, yeah. and really true. I, I would take credit, but somebody told it to me. I just use it, <laughs> you know, and it's been pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what one one piece of um, I think one piece of one little proverb that we figured out that we did figure out by trial and error is uh, whenever we hit a fork in the road, it's kind of funny. We we didn't have any kind of GPS or Google Maps for our South America trip. And when we did Africa, we decided we were going to get 
little Garmin GPS units that we went through so much trouble to download all these maps for, and they were super expensive and it was a pain in the ass. And then we got these Garmin's and we continued to use our same method for almost the entire rest of the trip, which was to keep the Garmin's off. And every time we hit a fork in the road, pretty much go talk to the locals and ask them how the road is, which road we should go. Are there bandits? Is the road caving in? And, uh, and it continued to be our favorite method. But the one thing we did learn was when, especially with language barriers, if you're asking someone which direction to go and you point to the direction and kind of imply that that is like, it's to the right, right? They're naturally just going to kind of nod their head and be like, oh yeah, sure. That's it. So you can never actually imply that, you know, you have to be like, should we go right or left to get to this town? And then they'll, they might be kind of confused and you gotta, but if you start to imply which direction it is, they'll just agree. And then, and then you're in the wrong, you're in Kosovo instead of <laughs> or Bulgaria, like happened to us in Europe. Wow. And so uh, what, what, at what point did, uh, if you remember, you had a long uh, epic trip, but at some point we got in contact, right? You and I, uh, was it Nathan or Ryan that first reached out to me? Was that, it was during the trip, I believe, or, or yeah, possibly? Ryan. Yeah, I think it might've been, it might've been before, but we started actually like sort of more connection during the trip. And that was through Tiffany who, you know, I think, I don't think we went to high school together, but we had similar high school friends. And so that she, I think she made the connection because she had heard we were going to yeah. Africa. And Tiffany was, a, you know, a former student of mine and she actually crashed my wedding uh, and came with some of her friends. Uh, it was awesome. It was great. But uh, so we've had that, that connection through time and uh, then that's how we got linked up. And um, I got the call. And I just remember uh, introducing you to, you know, oh, sending you David's number or and David Saunders that runs the Red Rhino Orphanage Project in Kenya. And he was living there. And actually, this is 2010. You're reminding me that this was an epic year for the for the project because the kids were just came to live there that year. So after four and a half years of, of um, building it, uh, those kids just they were they were tiny kids. I mean, they were five, four, five, six years old time period so you you drove you rode down kenya heading for nairobi uh yeah yep we uh we kind of puttered along we took our time i was actually looking at a map earlier today and realizing we after we crossed the border from ethiopia uh we we took our, our time going down we we had some pretty big bike problems actually in that stretch as well in fact uh, <laughs> I remember, uh, we were doing a tire change out with Ryan and it's bringing the recollection. We had these, uh, kind of local North Kenyans and there were a few of them, I think might've been maybe, maybe tribal or Sai, they had spears at least. Turkana? Really. Yeah. It, this was right next to Lake Turkana. So is that what that tribe would be called? Yeah. Turkana the Turkana. Tribe? Yep. There's other tribes up there, but the Turkana are, the major tribe up north. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so it was an interesting kind of extra something to sprinkle into the mix as we were doing bike maintenance. And then like these people were very much involved and wanted to jump in. And I'm kind of like, while he's changing the tire, I'm kind of trying to keep them all 
occupied and entertained so they're not messing with the nuts and the bolts and accidentally losing little parts that are important and it, it added to um what we were going through for just the the additional stress of trying to fix our bikes and and by that by nairobi <clears throat> my fuel filter was plugged so my bike was just randomly dying so i again was running there for a few minutes and then it would die and uh that was how i cruised all through nairobi it was in, in all the traffic it was we almost thought we were just gonna have to camp out right in the middle of some random grassy area because the bike wasn't going. Wow! So you, Nate, Nate, Nate's being nice though. It was, the part he didn't tell you about the story <laughs> is so that that was the hell road, right? There's it's just like I mean, it's it's literally, I mean, you have to stop every thirty minutes, and and let the suspension rest because the road is so bad and you can like cook an egg on it. Right. It's pretty nasty. So we got through, I mean, it was like corrugated, like truck type stuff. It was like Rocky lava. Um, Nate, do you want to, tell, should I tell him? Yeah, no, yeah, tell Nate, him. Nate biffed yeah. it. I mean, we're like bouncing off these lava rocks and I just look up, I'm just trying to keep control of my bike. And this goes on for many like days, right? So you're exhausted. One point Nate hit like one rock, bounced off another and like launched through the air. And right, like at this point you get, when you're off-roading a lot, you get used to dropping the bike, but you know, you just hope that you're not on the underside of that bike, right? That's really all you, you know, at the end of the day, the bike will get back up. You know, you don't want to be underneath it. And so that was a pretty, Right. pretty good sight i still have a vision of nate like supermanning through the air and this huge motorcycle yeah. with him um wow. but, yeah. but the but the part he was nice about was we got to the end of that we're exhausted and i had a flat tire and we stop and we get surrounded by these tribal people which were i mean they were all nice people they were just trying to help but it was like just disorientating we were just you know yeah. exhausted I, I don't know really how else to describe it and so i'm trying to change the tire and nate's doing his best to try and steer them away but this guy's grabbing the bolts and this guy's like turning stuff and i'm like okay guys get let me get my tire you know and and so i got it on i did everything we rode Mm -hmm. off and like 10 minutes later my brake caliper i didn't tighten it it just flung off and like (laughs) sprung like half my rim was wasted right (laughs) it was just and it's just like ah what an idiot right you just it's your own fault um yeah you know, so it was being this... nice he didn't, he didn't tell that part of the story where my bent brake caliper like <laughs> shoot through my rim there's this there's this funny kind of mental state you get into because um when i did my launch and shot my bike straight up into the air and, and we both fell a distance away i remember kind of sitting there just kind of wanting to be by myself and ryan's trying to come over and talk to me and i'm trying not to be a moody jerk but he's like, Hey, you okay? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and the, uh, it's the same personality that kind of takes over when, um, when we were doing that portion and he had forgot to tighten the brake caliper, I had actually, that whole stretch was past the hell road, which, which is the part that a lot of people refer to as a harder part of crossing from North to South. Cause it's two days of, of quite hard riding in the middle of nowhere with bandits and hyenas. So, it's kind of the part, it's one of those choke points that really kind of make or break the trip. And after that, it was beautiful. And uh, it was it was smooth road. And uh, then all of a sudden, I, Ryan had gotten a ways ahead of me. And I kind of pulled up on him and he's just sitting there on the side of the road, looking off in the distance, kind of like that, that same mood that I had when I sprung my bike in the air. And I'm like, Ryan, what's up? He's just kind of doing that like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, actually, you, know, I you, you that. Not, not to bring it back, but actually the hardest part of the trip between the relationship, right? Because you're sort of married, um, was traveling across the U.S. We hadn't, we had, we'd been away from each other for quite a while and like just getting used to being forced and married to someone that first couple weeks, it was, yeah. I, I don't want to say him, him and I aren't temper type people. We don't, we're pretty level. Um, but I would say that was the most contentious, just kind of figuring each other out again, right? Those first couple of weeks. And then yeah. stuff like this, the hell road, like, yeah, all right, give him five minutes, right? Like it, it worked pretty well. Um, yeah, I would say. And so when you got to uh, Nairobi, you ended up at, at David's apartment, right? And uh, actually, we went to, um, we started out going to, kind of a little bit of a hostel slash kind of motorcycle yeah. mechanic lived there. The, uh, what was it jungle house or something? I forget the name, but it was, it was a nice little oasis. I mean, it was the first place in a while that was sort of, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. go as far as to call it civilized, but in comparison, civilized, right. There's motor mechanic, yeah. you know, Nairobi's got shops. If you need gear, there's a shopping mall. I mean, like this stuff was so foreign to us at that point. Right. I mean, it was just like, yeah. different wow yeah right it's a chance to work on the bikes and that's what we spent a bit of time doing initially and then we then we started to hang out with david more and went down to the um, orphanage which was such an amazingly run place every i mean it was happy and had a little bit of discipline and had good healthy food and it really seemed like the ideal spot for a a child I, I mean no matter compared to any place on the planet i was i was pretty surprised i mean it was well, impressive you came there like i said right when the kids had come and you know we had been working towards that goal of building it with no water we never had a water source to do this and uh, still don't have water we we uh, harvest mm -hmm. off the rooftops and they've kind of worked out this elaborate um, system like uh, damming up an area for a seasonal water supply and so the mm. kids have grown up there since uh, you guys left and um that was uh, uh that was uh quite the uh time period so hey greg we got a phone a friend here looks like um, oh wait i don't know a surprise guest <laughs> do you guys do you guys see who's there yeah <laughs> i don't see it yet i hate we that helmet <laughs> well i still have it when if you want it back so <laughs> that was the, that helmet honestly you know, they, they sent us some questions and they said well what you you know planning the worst thing i bought we bought everything right we saw a discount on those helmets and that thing hurt my entire trip yeah i put it on <laughs> once to just to try it out and i couldn't even get it on again so <laughs> <laughs> how have you been dave good yeah i've been doing fine yeah. How are you doing, Ryan? Good, good. Good to see you. It's been a while, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. How, what, what year was it that you guys were through here? I think it was 2010. Wow. I think. Yeah. Wow. Might have yeah. been 11. Time flies, huh? Yeah. Uh, might have been 11. That's a possibility. I mean, I, well, we crossed the Alps in December, so it had to be part year one, part year two, right? Okay. I get them mixed up as to which one we went into. But... Mm -hmm. uh. Hi, Dave, I heard you got a nice place and heard you're into farming and all kinds of things are being added to your purview. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like cool. so, we, um, uh, I've got since I saw you guys. I've uh, yeah started uh, doing some export farming. Got married to a wonderful Zambian woman. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And wow. uh, live over here in Kilaleshwa, you know, still running Red Rhino. And uh, yeah, just uh, kind of stayed and uh, never left. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What, what I, have you uh, been I, doing, Nathan? Man, after the trip, it was all about making money again to pay for the trip and uh, doing the career thing. And uh, no real trips to speak of like, uh, like that one. Primarily yeah. just... I'm in DC now. I work in a company up uh, just a little north of DC uh, with ships still, just from the office side, managing a group oh. of container ships. Okay. And uh, yeah. So when you left Nairobi, you were headed to South Africa, right? Yeah, that's yep, that's correct. I kind of and I zigzagged a lot, but um, yeah. So that was the point where you guys went separate ways in Nairobi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan, if I remember correctly, you had met a woman in Jordan. Is that right? Yeah, we were, we were dating pretty seriously. And, and yeah. so that's, that's part of the reason I left. We were, we were a bit rocky in the end. It didn't work out. Um, no, nah, still a good decision. Uh, you know, I think it was at the time I was, not in the right headspace. Um, yeah, but that's all right. You know, uh, I'm, I'm married now, uh, to a Chinese lady. I actually was working out in China for about a year. Um, okay. we've got two beautiful kids. We're, we're living here in California. So it's, great. yeah, no, it's, it's been great. It's been great. You never know how life's going to turn out. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Makes it easy for me. I don't have to have kids now since he's got them. I just kind of, I'll claim whatever they end up. Doing and all the glory the with none of the so none of the diapers. Well, yeah. That's very yeah. considerate of him, Nathan, to, to help you out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what we're here for. I uh, yeah. I make jokes and they take care of my future retirement. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, we thought we would have a surprise guest pop in, uh, and he still has your helmet, Ryan. And uh, I guess he can he can sell it or he can <laughs> and your and your goggles. Wow, man! <laughs> Bringing it back. And wait, so remind, re, remind me why why you had his helmet, David? Like, what what happened? He owed me some money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah David sounds very African. Of he didn't you. pay the rent when he was staying there, so I kept his helmet. No, um, I don't know exactly why. Why why do I have it, Ryan? I I think we left some stuff that we didn't. I don't want to say we didn't need, but just thought maybe you might have more use out of it. Right. I think there was some other gear too. Right. I mean, nothing of like huge value or anything, but I think it just like, uh, you know, do you, do you want this stuff? And it looks like you held onto that helmet, which I despise. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I was asking Rona cause we moved from the apartment where you guys visited. We moved to this right. house and, uh, I said, I asked her, I said, when Greg started talking about this, I said, sugar, do you, uh, do we still have a motorcycle helmet somewhere? She said, no. <laughs> so, and then I looked in this, this wooden sort of a, lo a locker, kind of a wooden locker that we hadn't looked in forever uh, the other day. And there it was. So I said, yeah. Because no. I told wow, Greg, I said, cool. I don't have it anymore. 
And then, then I looked in this box for some reason. Uh, I was cleaning out a closet. And I found it in there. <laughs> How are the kids doing? It sounds like they're getting they're big. Huh? Oh, yeah. They're doing great. They still remember uh, your visit on the uh, motorcycle and all of oh, that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Very cool. Abigail uh, is in her first year in university. I don't, I don't know if you remember Abigail, but all the kids were young then. There are no, all the kids are at least teenagers now. Wow. You can imagine that. Yeah. They're all in boarding school. Abigail's in university. Uh, a few of wow. them have graduated from secondary school and are doing different things. <clears throat> so, yeah. Wow. That, yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, Ryan, you know how fast kids grow up. Well, it, it happens at the same speed, even if there's 25, 26 of them. You know? <laughs> even scarier, right? Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. I, it's, 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 it's such a great thing what you guys do that orphanage I just it's I mean it's something to be proud of like I mean that it's so cool to see one of those kids go off to university right I mean I, like you said they were four years old five years old six years old when we were out uh, there I mean they were yeah they the were babies. Were, sure. yeah yeah, yeah hmm. there were that was uh so if that was in yeah 10 or 11 that was just when they came really to Red Run mm -hmm. I had known them. Greg and I had known them from when they were in Machacos at Springs of Hope but they came to Red Rhino and in 2010 so in august mm. but they're all really doing well you know um uh, a number yeah. of them with for a number of them we found some kind of relatives in some cases we found a mother you know by serious wow. hard detective work really is very but wow. a number of uh a number of the kids i don't know if you remember tina michelle and frida they're now living with their mothers uh, mm. and, and other kids like so the you know the mandate and the the uh intention uh both in kenya and internationally was not to just move towards not permanently institutionalizing kids so we we really worked hard to find still are but you know as you guys know all of our kids mm. came from a rescue baby center so for some of them there is just absolutely no trace Right. There's from you know traveling to little villages here and there and talking to the chiefs and putting together whatever records they could find or somebody's memory of something. Most of the kids now have some connection with with family members, and a number of them live with family members in addition to being a writer. So, yeah, it's been it's been great, and you know Greg's been holding down the fort there. Uh, working extremely hard in the U.S., he and Susan and everybody else providing the money, you know, to do it. So they've been hard at it there. In some ways, we have the easier part over here. Hmm. Well, David, great, great to see you. And uh, thanks for uh, coming on to give us a nice surprise and bring back the helmet from hell and uh, <laughs> got them through. Um, thanks. Thanks I'll, for letting me stay wow. at your place, Dave. I owe you a drink. Well, next time you come, we, we, we live in a really big house now. So next time you come, you can uh, bring Ryan and your nieces and nephews and uh, come and stay for a while. You're most welcome. <laughs> That's very love nice. Love to do that someday. Nice. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Pleasure to have you guys the other time, too. Take care, guys. Uh, thanks, good to Dave. see you, Dave. Good you too. To see you. Lots of love. See you later. See you, Greg. Bye, Bye Bob. See you, David. See you, Dave. So guys, we, uh, 
Yeah, we talk a lot about transformational travel. Sometimes we always don't think about that in those terms. But when you think about um, you know a, a trip of this magnitude, this kind of, I mean, man, the things you guys have seen and and situations is there is there something you know about the trip that you're about your, that's kind of given you a, a gave you a new perspective or influenced your life through this trip or something that kind of altered its course was there anything about this trip that you know was transformational in its own way f- for you individually well i i think that the entire challenge of the trip and the exposure to i mean africa is a very it's a raw place you get to see things the way that they are there's a lot of nature and there's a lot of variations in people's behaviors i think it comes with i guess for me if i'm stealing the spotlight for a second it was a uh, it was a combination of kind of an understanding of who i am in a kind of a uh, how i how i deal with really positive and really negative experiences because because the trip did carry a little bit of both you know it was it was all worth it but there was a lot of kind of confronting some pretty hard challenges as well as like some awe-inspiring ones. And I, I think the repeated process, cause I think every day, every couple of days, there was that feeling of not knowing what's coming around the corner. And uh, it's maybe tough to categorize that, but I felt like it was a consistent pressure of confronting challenges and kind of being aware of human nature, sometimes really good, sometimes not as good. It, it would be kind of hard to pinpoint in any kind of particular instance where all of a sudden everything changed in, in kind of my perspective. But I mean, is that kind of an answer? Yeah, it's very good. I mean, you know, definitely that kind of, the kind of experience, the hardships, that contrast of experience, that, that deep uh, grind and at the same time, just, you know, everything's new and, and you have to keep your eyes wide open. That awareness is everything that, you, know, you guys must have been through there that, uh, I mean, it can't help but, you know, give you a different perspective on things in, in, in some level and appreciate home and all the things that might come from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, would, appreciation. I, would, I would say, like Nate said, it's kind of a, it's a grind. It's not like any singular moment. I mean, there was incidences where it was pretty scary and those have their own, but it's the, the ups and downs. I, you know, for me, looking back on it, I guess the most, if I could try to find something, you got to sort of look for that stuff because it's hard to think about that, right? You just you did it, right? But I would say for me, at least, because we traveled a lot prior to this. This wasn't our first rodeo traveling um, and even not traveling across land on motorcycles. Um, for me, because I've, I've wanted to do this for so long, I think the big thing was sort of a, a satisfaction like i don't want to say the monkey was off the back but like like i've just had so much drive to accomplish something like this and i was lucky to have nate as a partner but for me just to have finished that did it and then so okay wow that's you know I, I guess after that i haven't been so driven to like climb mountains right like i feel like i climb a, a big mountain for myself and I'm pretty sad. I, I guess a sense of satisfaction I guess, would be probably the most transformational for me. And I don't know if anybody else would experience that, 
but it, it was just a big thing I always wanted to do in my life. And it came with all the ups and downs and, and it sort of steadied me further in my life. Right. Like since then, like people go like, how could you do all these trips? And now you're just like a stay at home dad. And I'm perfectly, con- I mean, I'm, I'm totally happy to do that. Right. There's nothing about me. That's like, there's no empty hole. Like I, I wish I would have like, it just never, you know, since that trip I've been, you know, of course we have our moments, but I've been a pretty satisfied soul or person or however you want to look at it. Yeah. That's, that's great. I think the, you know, the, what you guys shared with us was fantastic. I, I hope it encourages people. I know it's been, it's been a pretty interesting year with everything happening in the world, but um, you know, I, I think one thing that we're hearing on our end and, and we were talking about it before we started recording, I think you guys were saying too, is you're sort of hearing on your end, a, a sense of, um, you know, eagerness to get back out and, and do some kind of traveling, whether it's a week or two here or there, just to see something new and, and, you know, kind of get outside of, of what you call home. And so I think this story, while, um, while I don't think I'm going to go get a bike in Peru anytime soon, um, <laughs> I, may, I might think about booking a I would be somewhere. the first to recommend against it. No, no, it's, it's a blast. It's actually way cooler. I, I don't know. I just love bike travel because there is sort of a sense of freedom that you don't, get in a car but i mean i'm i'm a bit biased right i love bikes obviously cool well you guys are amazing i appreciate you you jumping on um and being a part of our interview and um you know best of luck moving forward hopefully you guys do get back to to africa to see david again and or kenya and um, or wherever you may travel but it sounds like you guys have um you know really even 10 years later the way you talk about it it feels almost like it was yesterday and i think that that uh, to me sort of in, in embodies what what a really transformational trip is is all about is you kind of you kind of carry that for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Having somebody to um, bounce it off of helps a bit too. Ryan and I have both taken turns reminding each other of uh, pretty dramatic events or hilarious events, and uh, that's that's the part about having a really good partner, and it, it's it. It has a big contribution of the whole concept of the trip. So anybody, yeah, yeah. go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say the fact you guys met, you know, I'm always interested in spontaneous meetings, you know, guys meeting on a cruise ship, you know, and this leads to, you know, friendship, lifelong friendship. And, you know, this journey from Sweden down through the Middle East to Africa, you know, to, um, I mean, that's just, uh, you, you don't hear that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty appreciative of it. And it, it certainly can come out of left field. We, I think even as we had started our South America trip, uh, we were kind of strangers to each other. We, we kind of knew that we, uh, we had what it took to possibly be good training or good traveling partners, but um, it was, we were even strangers for a country or two as we were getting to know each other. And uh, it, it's pretty cool how that can just, come out of thin air and then i think those kinds of pressures and those ryan's incredibly resourceful probably one of the more resourceful guys i know so when getting confronted with hardships and roadblocks literally and figuratively and everything else that kind of weld the heat kind of welds substances together i think and personalities so it's it's a good recipe for creating a, a bond well anybody out there listening uh who who wants, you know, some kind of experience of travel. I know that 
Greg, uh, you know, we've been we've been kind of excited about following some of the some of what's happening, and you know, there there are uh, there are trips that are starting to happen, you know, in some of the parts that, that Greg takes folks, including East Africa, the, you know, Kenya, where where Ryan and Nathan had such a great experience ten years ago. So anybody who's interested, go to matamo.travel and um, take a look around, and or send send us an email at hell at matamo.travel. We'd love to hear from you and. And help you plan your next great trip. So, without uh, w- without anything else, I think I just want to thank you guys for being on the show. And um, we uh, we were inspired. And and uh, you know, until next time, um, you guys uh, keep on keep on traveling, both uh, in person and in spirit. Yeah, great. thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks for having us. It, yeah, it thank is you nice guys for us. To- to let some things out too like nate said we don't really talk about it much we're not big talkers so it is nice to sort of think about this stuff pleasurable experience thanks for your willingness to come on the show and it really was uh really was something taking us on that journey with you for a while it's uh and i I think we just touched on 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 a good part of it but i bet you there's just so much more to it you know too so (laughs) what do you do in an hour but uh, love there's a lot of stories. <laughs> there's a lot of stories that maybe aren't for public consumption. <laughs> yeah, the, the unedited version. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The director, well, the director is cut. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> for sure. All right. <clears throat> All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. All right. You too.